0: Hey, well, good morning. Hey, it is good to see you all. My name is John Crawford. I'm one of your pastors here, and I am joined by Michelle.
1: Good morning, everyone.
0: And we are really excited to continue in celebrating this season of Advent as we continue in our sermon series, The Prayer and Action of Christmas. Well, somebody has a prophetic word for us at Redemption Tempe. And this prophetic word came from a very old man who said that he was ready and waiting to die so that he could go and be with the Lord. His life was marked by the presence of God and he heard clearly from the Holy Spirit. This old man was downtown and he was holding a bunch of people's kids and babies in his arms. And if you're wondering if I'm talking about Santa Claus, (laughs) This is not Santa. Santa does not have a prophetic word for us today. (laughs) But this man prophesied not just about you, but about our church. And his prophetic word is utterly amazing because he said that something would happen to you. And not just that something would happen to you, but by you being here this morning in this room, it fulfills his prophecy. And so we prayed as a leadership team and we decided that we want to share this man's prophetic word with you today, but also we want to introduce you to him. His name is Simeon. And Simeon wasn't in downtown Phoenix or in downtown Tempe holding people's babies. And this didn't happen recently either. Simeon lived 2000 years ago in Jerusalem and he was in the temple and he got to hold Jesus, baby Jesus in his arms when Jesus was only eight days old. And as we open God's word this morning, we are coming to a passage that is a part of the famous Christmas story in Luke chapter two. And in Luke chapter two, Simeon is praying this prophetic prayer that the birth of Jesus will bring the joy of salvation to the world, including us, sitting here in this room in Tempe this morning. And so the title of this Advent sermon is Joy to the World because Jesus brings joy by changing communities, by changing lives, and by changing nations. This is how Jesus brings joy to the world. And Michelle's up here with me because He is overseeing all of our global initiatives. He is the director of global hospitality here at our church and oversees our global partnerships and global ministry. And so you get the great privilege of hearing from him today as well. So we're going to be in uh, Luke chapter 2, and we're looking at Simeon's prayer in verses 29 to 32. 32. And if you wanna open your Bibles or get out your apps and turn there, while you're turning there, I'm just gonna let you know some context to this prayer to set, um, set everything up for us. So Simeon is in Jerusalem, he's in the temple, the Jerusalem temple. And Mary and Joseph bring Jesus on the eighth day to come and get circumcised in the temple as according to the law. And Simeon's praying in the temple when they bring Jesus and they see Jesus and Simeon gets to hold. God in the flesh, Jesus in his arms on the eighth day. And as he holds Jesus in his arms, he prays this prayer. Let's pick up in verse 29. He says, Lord, now you, are letting, now you are letting your servant depart in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of of your people, Israel. The first thing that we're gonna see is that Jesus changes lives. He brings joy to the world by changing lives around the world. And in his prayer, as he holds Jesus in his arms, he says this, he says, "'For my eyes have seen your salvation, God.'" As he's holding Jesus, he says, "'Jesus is God's salvation.'" And what I love is that he doesn't say, Jesus is part of God's salvation, or most of God's salvation. He says, Jesus is God's salvation, means he is sufficient. He is the fullness of God's salvation to the world. He is the only one in whom salvation is found. And what I love Luke does in Luke's gospel, throughout the gospel of Luke, Luke connects joy with The salvation that Jesus brings. Joy and salvation are intricately connected in the gospel of Luke. In his arrival, Jesus brings salvation to the nations, and we see this in his prayer because Simeon says, my eyes have seen your salvation that you've prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles. A Gentile is anyone who is not ethnically Jewish. That means the majority of us, not all of us, but the majority of us sitting in this room are Gentiles. And if you scale it out, the majority of the world's population are Gentiles, people who are not ethnically Jewish. And so Jesus brings salvation for the world, Simeon is saying, it's not just going to be for Israel, but it's for the Gentiles as well. This is the reason why we are sitting in this room. This is how Simeon's prayer is prophetic because we are recipients of God's heart for the nations. We are recipients of God's plan for the nations. We're recipients of his purpose for the nations. Because as Simeon prayed this prayer in this temple in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago, he prayed for us. Simeon says that Jesus is going to be a light to the Gentiles can also be translated a light to the nations. And this is really significant language that we pick up on because throughout the Old Testament story, this language permeates the Old Testament because Israel was God's chosen people to be a vehicle of rescue for the world. God called them and said, Israel, you will be a light to the nations, meaning the way that you live, you are intended to bring about my purposes for the world. And so this was Israel's identity. This was Israel's story. This was their mission is that they would be a light to the nation. But the problem is they failed miserably in their vocation and in their call from God because of their perpetual sin and rebellion and hardness of their hearts. They sinned in and failed in their mission. And so now as Simeon holds baby Jesus at eight days old, and as he looks at him, he says, I've seen your salvation. Jesus will be the light to the nations. Where Israel failed, Jesus is going to succeed and fulfill Israel's mission and Israel's story. God's heart is for the nations, and it's not just here in Tempe. It's not just the church in America. I think we as Americans can oftentimes be you know, lose sight of God's global reach and his heart for all nations. But God loves the nations and he is on the move and he's moving right now around the world as we speak and he is bringing joy to the world because of his salvation. He brings joy to the world because Jesus changes lives. And Michelle... We have the privilege from having you you here uh, this morning. You are from Brazil, and I would love if you can just share how you've seen people experience the joy of Jesus, maybe even in your own life in Brazil, but how have you seen people experience the joy of Jesus?
1: Yeah, so um, the the gospel came into my life, really. I, I came to understand about Jesus and this joy that he's talking about. When I was 14 years old, And at 14 years old, you know, I was in a vocational school where we spent all day there. We had classes in the morning and then shop in the afternoon. And right after I encountered Jesus, which was in a a prayer meeting in a neighborhood where I was known for drug dealing. So it was a neighborhood that the police didn't go in there. Mm. And one of the two ways to get in the neighborhood, besides if you live there, was to buy drugs or if you had a Bible in your hand. So... Thankfully, I was not the second group of people. <laughs> uh, I was mostly going there because, you know, people shared about Jesus with me. I started going to the prayer meetings and God changed my life. And then, you know, I had, I had a Bible that someone gave me and we forget how powerful this message is hmm. in itself. Like all I did was read the Bible with some friends and out of that group of friends, um, God started doing a movement. We were all a bunch of teenagers, 14 year old t- teenagers. And we did something that I know you're all going to think is really weird, but, you know, Brazilian, 14-year-old Brazilian, you know. We, we bought a big banner. We made a banner that said, Jesus loves you. And we would go to traffic lights, and it would be when the traffic light was red, would go in there, hold it, hand little, lift less to people about Jesus, talk to people, pray with people. And it was nothing like that anyone else told us to do it. We're just like, hey, we have this joy in our life now that has changed our lives. We want to share this with everybody. So that was kind of like the initial like years in my life as a Christian. And my life connects with the faithfulness of another person who said yes to God to go to Brazil. It was a, a Dutch missionary from the Netherlands and he, he left the, you know, the Netherlands and went to the jungles of Brazil and discipled this, this family. and among that family, there was these two brothers who became one of them became my pastor. They, they, they discipled me and they kind of changed my life. in a way, uh, the reason why I'm here today, goes all the way back to the faithfulness of someone in the Netherlands who said yes to Jesus, went mm. to the jungles in Brazil. So you just see how God moves through, through the nations. And during that, during that time that they were discipling me, I had the opportunity to go to Peru. And so the Andes, really high, tall mountains. If you like hiking, that's the place to go. Um, if you don't like hiking, don't go there. Uh. Uh, we hiked all day to get to this one village to do uh, Mm. like a worship service and Bible studies and preach. And it was like, we were going up this mountain after we drove all day, then next day, hike all day. And then we found out that some people were walking for two days to get to the the village where we're going to have that gathering. Mm. But being in that village kind of really changed my life because that was the first time that I I had this clear sense that God wanted me to, to dedicate my life, to follow him, to share the good news with whatever I went. Because I was in a village, you know, that, that gathering had about 400 people and maybe two Bibles and maybe two people who could read, really. And then everyone else was just like listening to, to God's story. And they worshiped all night. we we'll be preaching different times during the night. And they were singing and full of, full of joy all night. And that really impacted me and next day when we had a Bible study and a group of young people said, why don't you move here? Why don't you move here and help us uh, understand more about Jesus? And I told my pastor, said, I want to stay here. I had just turned 18 that trip. So he told me, he said, look, if you stay here, your mom's going to kill me. Like, you <laughs> have to go back home with me. I was like, but look, they, they're asking. They need more people here to share about Jesus. So I said, like, no, come back home, finish high school, get all your life in order first. I, I did end up going and then God took me to other places, to Turkey, and it, it really changed my life. But one thing that marked me during that season was to see the joy that they had in participating in God's work in the world, in sharing in hospitality and welcoming us a bunch of strangers from Brazil. And how welcoming they were, and just like humanly speaking, they had nothing, but they were filled with Jesus, and they were filled with His joy, and that really changed how I saw what it meant to comp- to share my faith with people.
0: Will you will you speak? Uh, one of the things that you shared in the last service is the generosity of some of these some of these people that were supporting you, who had nothing, yeah. but they had encountered Jesus. Will you, will you share that?
1: Yeah, yeah. So. Like, when I, you know, when I, so I, I, I had never been in a car until, I was, like, I didn't get into a car until I was 7. The idea of flying anywhere was impossible. So this is not like, this is like early 90s in Brazil. So, like, the idea of going somewhere else, it was very expensive and pretty much impossible. But the way how God sent a Brazilian to Turkey was through the generosity of one, the two, two stories that really impacted my life. One was a, a widowed, an old lady who sold eggs. So if you have chickens in your backyard, you can do some really incredible things globally. <laughs> like she shared, she sold the, the, the eggs and sent the money to help support me. Hmm. And another one was a church that I got to visit with Julie when we were first in Brazil. And they took us to the rooftop. It was a church right at the edge of a favela of a shanty town. And in the, in the, there it had like piles of plastic bottles. And they said, "This all these bottles here is people from the community. We collect trash you know, and all these plastic bottles we recycle this, we send this, and with the money, we send it to support you in Turkey. So I cried just to say that, like, you know. Mm. So they, there was incredible generosity of people who had nothing that were being, you know, with a, like a joy that I've never seen, too, again, you know, like the sense of like, yes, we're part of what God is doing in Turkey and in all these other places because we get to participate through plastic bottles or eggs.
0: Hmm. And I love that. And... Uh, what is so powerful about the story that you just shared is just that the, these people who we would say have nothing, they've encountered Jesus and the joy of salvation and their joy overflows into generosity. And in the same way that these folks in Brazil experience the joy of Jesus, Jesus brings joy to you by changing your life. And this is the beauty of joy. The beauty of joy is that it is not circumstantial. Joy isn't circumstantial. But for us, we are often primarily concerned with our happiness. It's the thing that we're pursuing. We're pursuing happiness, and we live in a culture that pursues personal happiness at any and all cost. But this is the problem. Happiness is fleeting, and it's temporary because it depends on your circumstances. Happiness is circumstantial, but the reality is that deep within every one of you and every single person, there is a longing for a state of being rather than a temporary emotion. There is a longing for joy, which is a state of being rather than happiness, which is a temporary emotion. But how is joy not circumstantial? Joy is not circumstantial because it is anchored and rooted in the person of Jesus and the salvation that he brings. And this is why deep down every single person and every one of you longs for joy, it's because joy is relational. And joy is knowing that God delights in you because of Christ. Joy is God's face shining on you in salvation as his child. Joy is experiencing God's face lighting up at you. And joy is found in the relationship that every one of you is made for. The relationship with the living God who created you. And the reason why Michel can talk about how he's seen these people who have less than ideal circumstances that we might say, but yet they're experiencing this overwhelming joy. Because when you face suffering, hardship, loss, and you are not happy, that is not the emotion that you feel, you can still experience joy because joy is found in the presence of the living God, not in your circumstances. It's what the Psalmist says in Psalm 16. He says, Lord, it is in your presence where the fullness of joy is found. And I know that some of you are here this morning and you have been looking for joy. You've been searching for joy in your life And that search has somehow led you to sitting in this sanctuary on a Sunday morning. And if that's you, Jesus wants you to hear something this morning. And what Jesus wants you to hear is his invitation to you. Jesus is inviting you to experience the joy of his salvation today because his joy changes lives and he wants to change your life. And so if that's you and you feel like God is stirring something in you or tugging at you and you're, you would say, I've been searching for joy, we want to say, respond to Jesus' invitation. And if you have questions about it, we would love to talk with you, pray with you, find me or any of the other pastors, find Michelle, or even if you want to pray with our prayer team, which will be on, the, on the, both sides of the stage after the sermon, please come and, and receive prayer and let, let's talk. But see, around the world, people are experiencing the joy of Jesus because Jesus changes lives. But what is the significance of Simeon praying this prayer in the temple? Let's look at verse 27 and 28 here. It says, and he, Simeon, came in the spirit into the temple, and when the... Uh, when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law that's getting circumcised, Simeon took him up in his arms and blessed God. The next thing we're gonna see is that Jesus changes communities, that Jesus brings joy to the world by changing communities around the world. And so Simeon is in the temple as he prays. And this is a significant place. Because the temple is the place of God's presence where God and man meet. And it is in this Jerusalem temple that God discloses that salvation for the community of Israel also includes other communities. Salvation of other communities too. Gentile communities. And so Simeon is in this significant place. He's inside of the temple, but Simeon is also holding the temple in his arms, Jesus, the true temple. And we, church, as we're gathered, now we are God's temple, the church. We are a transformed community and we are God's temple on earth. The joy of Jesus changes and transforms communities. And Michelle, I know that you have seen this um, in Brazil specifically, and I would love for you just to talk about how you've seen Jesus not just change individual lives, but how Jesus has changed entire communities.
1: Yeah, so um, in Brazil, there is a lot of areas that are basically run by um, the drug traffic leaders. So there's areas that are, like I said, you know, the police doesn't go there, and they often end up functioning as the, the, the you know, the, the mayor of the area. They become in charge of that area. And one thing that has happened in those areas where there was a lot of um, just alcohol and drug abuse is basically like, you know, single moms or women are just raising their kids and doing everything on their own. And in those places, the gospel, the good news comes. And I've, I've seen that. I've been to many of those communities where the good news of Jesus came first to women and children and like changed their lives. And through their wives they end up you know the husbands end up coming to jesus and trusting jesus and as their husbands are are changed like where they they're not drinking or using drugs anymore they're working they're learning to become fathers again to, to become husbands again they become a, a like a good citizen that changes the community so mm. the, the way how god works through working you know through the most unlikely places and, and people that you wouldn't think are you know a missionary it's just like from people sharing the good news of their neighbor and that has transformed entire communities in, in Brazil. And we see that happening in other parts of the world, too, and how God used the, the, the list of these, the people that we don't think of anything, because of how God changes their lives, ends up impacting their whole community and changed the whole generation in the community. That to the point to the uh, drug dealers, they often protect the churches. They'll say, nobody can touch anyone from the church, no robbing anything from anyone from the church. Like the church becomes like a sanctuary, a place in the community where people protect them, and to the point where the drug dealers' kids, they want their kids to be in the church because that's mm. where there's after-school program, that's where there is you know, English lessons or whatever. You know, there's music lessons. There's that's what the, you know. They're investing in the community, not just sharing the good news, but actually caring for the community. And that's how the gospel is changing communities, not just in Brazil, but in other parts of the world too.
0: Yeah. And I love that because when I was down in Guatemala a couple years ago, it's the same thing in this neighborhood, La Limonada, and the same things happened where uh, people are coming to faith, and through that, then the entire community is being transformed. And one, one thing for all of us is that when you give, throughout the year, but when you give to the Advent offering even, it's things like this that your financial generosity and your generosity supports. It's things like supporting global ministry, our global partnerships. We've got partnerships in China, Guatemala, and now through Michelle and some others, we've got uh, developing partnerships right now in the Middle East, which we're really excited about, that through your generosity, it supports things like this, stories like this, where the joy of salvation is going to the nations and transforming lives and communities because God is on the move in our midst. He's on the move in our midst here, but he's also on the move today around the world in the nations in powerfully transformative ways. And one thing I just wanna say to you all is to thank you. I wanna thank you for your commitment to Jesus and the gospel here in our city. As you heard in the, in the announcement uh, this morning that God is bringing the nations here in our city. And through your commitment to Jesus and the way that you live and try to live faithfully to God, communities are being changed and experiencing the joy of Jesus. That your faithfulness to Jesus is changing your family. That your faithfulness to Jesus is changing your workplace. It's changing the lives of students and people at ASU. It's changing your friends and your roommates. It's changing your neighborhood. And if you're really lucky, it's even gonna change your HOA. Uh, (laughs) Because I know uh, not everybody loves their HOA. But through your faithfulness, God is doing things, bringing about the joy of Jesus in our community here. And as one of your pastors, I just wanna say thank you for the ways that you all encourage me. And what I wanna do is just encourage you to continue to continue to be faithful and committed to Jesus and know that Jesus is working through you. We can oftentimes lose sight of it, but Jesus is working through you. Even if you don't notice it today, there is a ripple effect that is taking place in your community, that your community is different because of your faithfulness to Jesus. For Simeon, as he prays this prayer, how far does the joy of Jesus go? Let's look at verse 32 here again. So he prays and at the end of his prayer, it's a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. Jesus changes nations. He brings joy to the world by changing nations around the world. And we come back to this verse, Gentiles and Israel. Some other Bible translations outside of the ESV would translate this verse that Jesus is a light to reveal God to the nations. All nations. This shows us how far the joy of Jesus goes. It's global in its scope. That there is a global reach, a global scope of God's redemption, that Jesus is bringing salvation for all nations. And this language permeates the Old Testament prophetic literature. And especially in Isaiah, there are countless passages in the book of Isaiah that echo this. A couple of them will be on the screen. Isaiah 49.6, where Isaiah says, I will make you as a light for the nations, that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. 52.10. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. Sounds familiar, very similar to Simeon's prayer. And that's intentional because Simeon is actually echoing Isaiah here when he holds Jesus. He's saying, Jesus is on a mission to bring joy to the world, every tribe, tongue, nation, people group, as Revelation 7:9 tells us, that this is the mission that Jesus is on. But this begs the question about Simeon's prayer. Has Simeon's prayer been answered yet? Has his prayer been answered yet? Well, in a sense, we could say yes. His prayer was answered long before, back in Genesis 12, when God made a promise to Abraham and said, hey, I'm on a mission and I'm gonna bring blessing to the nations. We could say, in a sense, his prayer was answered when Jesus was born and the wise men, the nations came to see this newborn king and worship King Jesus. We could say, in a sense, that his prayer was answered when the apostles were sent out to the ends of the earth. We could say... His prayer, in, in a sense, is answered this morning by us in Tempe, where it wasn't on anybody's radar 2,000 years ago, but we are gathered to worship Jesus. The nations have been gathered. And so in a sense, we could say, yes, Simeon's prayer has been answered. But Simeon's prayer has not been fully answered yet because there are still people who have never heard the name of Jesus There are people who have never heard of the joy of salvation that Jesus brings in our world today. And so Simeon's prayer has not been fully answered yet, but this joy that we're talking about has the power to change nations. And Michelle, how have you seen this happening today? Have you seen nations being changed by Jesus?
1: Yeah. So um, one thing to remember is that yes, we have the benefits of this joy of this new life we have in Jesus, and that motivates us motivates us to to get up and go and and do something and share because we're we're being changed and God is working our lives. But God is at work in the world because He's also Jesus, the same Jesus that is the salvation that Simon is talking about. Is also the same Jesus that. Right before he was taken up to heaven, he tells his disciples to go and make disciples of every nation. Like he's commanding them to go. And and his church has been at work for 2,000 years. And people have been faithful to God. And basically, God is moving people from every nation to every nation to fulfill this commission of seeing people from every tribe, tongue, and nation coming to hear about Jesus. And there's still thousands of people, groups that don't know anything about Jesus, that haven't heard the name of Jesus. There's many places still in need of people to come and love and share the, the love of Jesus with them. And we are participating right now, even back in September, if you guys remember, we sent an offering to a group in Cyprus that are training people for Central Asia, that are sharing the good news, that are being creative in how they can bless the communities and help invest in their communities. And we're part in all those different ways that God is moving in the nations. But it's easy to become overwhelmed, too, and to forget that God is always going to be more interested in the people who don't know Jesus than you and I will ever be. And that's Mm. why you and I are here. Not because someone was really good at doing what they are supposed to do, but also primarily because God was moving someone towards you to share the good news with you. And he's moving us as a church, as a community, to be part of his work globally in what he's doing and how he's empowering people that are the least likely to be faithful witnesses in all sorts of places. And we get the chance to be part of that in how God is working through the ministry in Cyprus and other places that we're starting to form partnerships. So that's an exciting thing. And just to uh, remind us too, something that I came across that shows how God is the one and is really responsible for all this, is that we often think that the main way how Christianity has spread is through missionary work, right? Like for people telling other people about Jesus. And, and that is like an intentional thing that churches do and that we intentionally put our efforts towards doing that. And that's true. But actually, there is an African theologian, that, that a book that I read recently. He talks about how throughout history, the main way that Christianity expanded wasn't through organized Christian effort. It was through immigration. Hmm. So even like right now, most refugees coming to America are actually Christian. So we think that, you know, that God is actually sending missionaries here from other nations that are being persecuted and they're starting churches to reach their own people and their American neighbors. So God is at work. There's something much bigger than than us that God is just inviting us to be part of it and that he's moving people from every nation to every nation for the sake of those who haven't heard the, the good news about Jesus yet. And that's our privilege to join him and to be part of what he's doing. Hmm. Man,
0: dude, I love that. That's powerful. And one, one thing that I would love for you to, to hit on, because you've talked about Brazil, you're from Brazil, you're here because you were sent, right? Um, but even just talking about how the nation of Brazil, we talked about, like, individual, you know, seeing people's lives change communities. But how's Brazil, like, especially with sending missionaries, all of that, like, what, what has happened in Brazil?
1: Yeah, so actually, if, if you Google it, you can see that Brazil has become the, the number one sending nation of people to other places. And again, like we're not the wealthiest country. We're definitely not perfect. We have all sorts of issues. All our hopes is in Jesus and in soccer. We really want Brazil to win the World Cup. <laughs> so right, depending who you talk to. It might be soccer first and then Jesus second. But for the most part, it's Jesus. Uh, but God is moving the nation of Brazil from many ways to send people all over the world. And God is actually using more people from Brazil, from South Korea, and from India than many other countries. It's just like how God is working right now using all nations, including Brazilians. And one of the people in the group in Cyprus, for example, is someone from Brazil, a young person from Brazil that's there training right now to go into Central Asia.
0: Hmm. man, love that. And for us here um, at Redemption Sempe, we want to partner with Jesus in bringing joy to the nations. We wanna partner with Jesus in bringing joy to the nations because this is his heart, this is his mission, this is what he's been doing all throughout history, it's what he's continuing to do today in the world, and so we wanna partner, and there's a few ways that we can partner with Jesus in bringing joy to the nations, and they'll be on a slide here, but three different ways. The the first is to simply pray for the nations. There's a lot of ways to do this, but we have a really cool advent uh, calendar that we made. Uh, Michelle and Carrie Vaughn created a lot of the things that are on there, but it's great to do with your kids. Just if you're looking for a starting place, there's a lot of really cool ways to engage uh, our global neighbors, but also to pray for the nations on that advent calendar. They've got it at Redemption Kids, it's on the welcome desk on the way out, but that's a really easy way throughout this season to be thinking and praying for the nations. Another cool way, if you have kids or even if you don't have kids, but it's an easy thing to do, is if you have a physical globe, you can spin a globe and wherever your finger lands, pray for that nation. And if it lands in the ocean, pray for the marine life and then give it another spin. (laughs) (laughs) The the sharks need Jesus too. Um, But give the globe a spin. Wherever your finger lands, whatever nation it lands on, pray for that nation. It's a very easy thing. It's a fun thing to do with kids. And there's a lot of different ways you can pray for the nations, but we believe that God is on the move around the world. This is his heart for the nations. He hears the prayers of his people. And so we want God to do his work of salvation and bring joy to the world. And so we can pray. The second way is through our uh, prayer and action group that was highlighted before the sermon. Um, We have a global hospitality prayer and action group Michelle is going to be leading that. Um, it'll be great. And, Michelle, if people are interested in that, give us a snapshot of how they can get more information and then a snapshot of maybe who should sign up for that.
1: Yeah, so the little QR code on the Christmas decoration has the, the, the link that will take you to register for the um, Global Hospitality Prayer Action Group. And so just, I just want to make it clear. It's not our job as Christians to convert anybody. That is not our job. That's why we use the term hospitality. Our job is just to show love to people. And if you've felt in any way, if you're struggling in any way to show hospitality and love to people who are different than you, this group is for you, right? If you want to be a blessing to the people from other nations, that's why I call it global hospitality. If you, if you have any desire to, to love on, on your neighbors, to have uh, an opportunity to learn, to pray and to act and to know how you can actually act and have people walk with you that will help you, who equip you to do that. This is a great opportunity for you to do that. So love to connect with you and learn together and pray together and be part together of welcoming the nations and then going to the nations if God calls you that way.
0: Yeah. Um, and then the third way is going and going to the nations. And in a sermon like this where we see God's heart for the nations, we would be remiss not to say it, that God has called some of you, has burdened some of you, is stirring some of you even this morning to go to the nations. And whether that's short-term or whether that's long-term, what we wanna say is we think that's beautiful, that's God's heart, and we wanna encourage you in that. Michelle would be your person to contact, even the Global Hospitality Per Action Group would be a great way to even explore that and conversations with you. But we believe that Jesus wants to save people from every tribe, tongue, nation. That's what we see in the end of the story in Revelation. But as we said, Simeon's prayer has not fully been answered yet. And so if God is stirring something in you, we wanna say, this is a way that we can partner with God by bringing joy to the nations by going. And so those are the three. Um, And Michelle is gonna be at the welcome desk. If you have questions, wanna talk to him, he'll be at the welcome desk after this as well for any of you who are interested in that. But Jesus brings joy to the world because he brings salvation to the nations. And for each one of us this morning, there is an invitation for us this morning. And the invitation is to Jesus this morning. The invitation this morning is to Jesus, the joy of the world. And as we come to communion, we are coming to Jesus this morning. That this is one of the things that we share with the global church as we are one family, united by the blood of Jesus. And as you come to the table this morning to take communion, you are joining a global feast with people who are filled with joy. And so the elements in communion represent, the bread represents Christ's body that was given for us. And the wine or the juice represents Christ's blood that was shed for us. And as you come to Jesus this morning and receive communion, I wanna invite you to do something maybe a little different, maybe a little uncomfortable or unique, but I think it's fitting for this sermon. As you come to take communion, I want to invite you to smile and rejoice because you have the face of God shining on you today. Let's pray. Jesus, we are gathered as your people a transformed community to worship you. And the only reason why we're gathered here in Tempe is because long, long, long ago, you had a plan set out to set your saving love on us that we would experience the joy of your salvation. And Lord, we thank you that we are recipients of your heart for the nations, but Lord, you invite us to partner with you in your mission to bring joy to the nations. And so Jesus, I pray that you would encourage us and minister to those who are searching for joy. Lord, for those who are experiencing situations in life that are not happy at all, that's not even the appropriate emotion, but that they would experience joy that is rooted and anchored in you and the salvation that you bring, a state of being rather than a temporary emotion. Jesus said, we would remember the joy of our salvation as we worship and sing to you our risen king who's exalted on the throne today just we thank you that you don't just change lives but you change communities and you are doing amazing things here in our midst but also all around the world and lord you have the power to change your joy the joy of salvation changes nations and we thank you for what you're doing in these countries that we've been named where brazil is the largest sending country now for overseas workers and missionaries in South Korea and India. And Lord, we pray for those missionaries even. And Lord, we pray for those who are feeling called to go. Lord, that you would bless them, that you would protect them, that you would watch over them. Lord, that you would use them as agents of grace and restoration in the places that you've called them, Jesus. We know that you're on the move, that your kingdom is expanding. And so Jesus, we are in awe. And Lord, I pray that you would move in us, right now by the power of your spirit that we would worship you, that we would sing loudly to our risen exalted King. Jesus, your name is holy. You are majestic. Lord, we thank you for the season of Advent that you came to seek and save us. It's in your name. Amen.